0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Right, like the psalmist said, I was glad when they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. God's house is a happy house, a happy place. It's a safe place. He's a shield all around us. He is our protection. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. They might be formed, but they won't prosper. Right? They all come to nothing because the Lord's our protection. He's our shield. He's the fiery, dark quencher. Right? He's our fiery dart quencher. Doesn't matter what the enemy tries to fire at us, God quenches it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We've got a shield all around. It's an invisible shield. It's an invisible shield, but it's all around us. We've got invisible bodyguards all around us. Yeah, It's absolutely the truth. You know, you ever watch the, the president? You know, he's speaking or something. You'll see somebody, you know, on, on the camera up here in the corner, just standing there off to the side. And, uh, you know, maybe somebody else over here. And, you know, there's all these secret service people. Secret service people. All around the president protecting him. In fact, they go before him. Wherever he's going, they go in there. They secure the location where he's going to be. And they make sure, you know, nobody can come in there and, and harm him. Friend, that's what you and I have around us all the time. We've got angels all around. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps. All around those who fear him, we, we need we need to stir up our faith and remind ourselves: there's more with us than there are with the wicked, <laughs> right? And, and the demons and the evil spirits that are with with the wicked are already they're already defeated, and they've been disarmed. They don't have a bullet that could hurt you. They don't have a weapon that can take you down. It can only take you down if you believe in it. If you only put your fear in it. But if you keep your faith in God, if you keep your faith in Him and you know, I got angels all around me. I got secret unseen service angels all around me all the time. They are protecting me. They're watching out for me. They're guarding me. And have you know, they're a whole lot much more thorough than any man could ever be. When it comes to protecting you, they go far beyond what any human being can do to protect you. That's what you have. They're with you. They're watching over every part of your life. They're even making sure you're healthy, you're healed. They've got their eyes on your inward parts, not just what's going on outside but they can see your inward parts. They can do a liver transplant like that. I said they could do a liver transplant like that. They can take things out and put new things in. Just like that. Change everything. Overnight. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. That's what we have available to us right now. All the time. 24-7. That's what we've got. We need to walk by faith. And not by sight. Faith in these truths of how much God is with us. And we'll see him manifest more often in our lives if we will stay in faith concerning what he says. If we'll go by what he says and not what we see, we will end up seeing what he says. You want to see what he says? Then don't believe what you see. Uh Believe what he says. And then you'll see what he says. That's what you're going to see. Because you refuse to believe what you see. Therefore, you're going to see what you believe. And what you believe is the B-I-B. L-E. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a shout in this place this morning. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. He is watching over us. He has got us covered. We need to have a heavenly perspective. We need to have God's view of life. We can't see everything with our physical eyes. But we can see by faith what we can't see with our physical eyes. We can see beyond what our physical, natural eyes can see. And we need to use those eyes of faith. We need to use the eyes of our spirit. You know, you got these creatures in heaven. They got, they got eyes all around. You read about them over there in um, Revelation chapter 4. They're also mentioned back in the book of Ezekiel. But you see these creatures. They got eyes all around. Man, they don't miss anything. They see it all. They see it all. So you say, man, that'd, that'd be awesome. How happy people would like to be like that? Where you can just see everything that's going. I mean, you got hindsight all the time. You see everything all around you all the time. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, it's not just nice, it's yours. You have the all-seeing eyes of faith. Faith sees it all. Faith sees it all. It sees not just the physical, but it sees into the unseen. There's no sneaking up on you. There's nothing the devil can do to trick you and deceive you when all your eyes are open wide. When your faith is on. When you are in faith, you see everything you need to see. You know everything you need to know. And you know that you know everything you need to know. So you're not walking around fearful and insecure that there might be something happening that you don't know. Because you know everything you need to know. Because you know you have the mind of Christ. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the all-seeing eye of God. You've got eyes in the back of your head. You've got eyes in your heart. You've got eyes everywhere. You can see from the heavenly places while here on earth. We've got a heavenly... That's why the Bible says we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's not in the future. That's current, right now. Present tense. Present tense. We are seated in the heavenly places right now in Christ. I'm talking about living the life of faith. That's where he's seated. We're in him. We see what he sees from his place while here on the earth. So we see everything we need to see. We know everything we need to know. That's who we are. Man, we've got a big world view. Our vision is unlimited if we're looking to him. If we're listening to him, there's no limit. There's no limit. Your education doesn't have to limit you, your physical abilities don't have to limit you. I got news for you Samson did not go to Gold's Gym. He didn't go to Powerhouse either. Now, they've gone out of business with her, but anyway. He he didn't, he didn't go to the gym, he wasn't taking all this extra protein. He wasn't doing all these things so that he was able to rip bars off city and tear lions in half and do all these kind of incredible things. Where did that strength come from? It came from the Lord. came from the greater one. That's who you have on the inside of you. You have the all-knowing one. You have the almighty God living on the inside of you. Nothing is impossible to those who believe. Not just know all things are possible with God. The Bible says all things are possible with God. But it also says all things are possible to him who believes. Do we have any believers in the house? Yes. See, we got to walk around like all things are possible. I can do anything I need to do if I need to do it. I, I know everything I need to know when I need to know it. And I'll have everything I need to have when I need to have it. Because we have access to God Almighty. we got access to the Creator of everything, the one that knows everything. We're not little munchkins with this narrow, small view of our life and the world around us. But unfortunately, that's where most people are, because their world is in um, these little devices. That's where their world is. Their world is in a device. A telephone device. An iPad, a computer device. And that's, that's their whole world. It's that little device in front of them. So what's going on in that world, that's their world. And I don't know if, if people notice this or not. I mean, I've, I've always recognized it. I mean, if you turned on ABC News, don't recommend it. And then you flip over to NBC News, don't recommend it. And then you flip over to CNN News. You'll find that, uh, you know, if you do it all at the same time of day, you'll find out that uh, they're all talking about the same thing. You ever notice that? They'll talk about how there was this uh, murder. They'll talk about how there was this accident, terrible accident, head-on collision. And they'll all talk about the panda that got sick at the zoo and was expected to die, but they saved it. And so, you go to ABC News, World News. Here's the world. Three things. You say, well, there's got to be more going on in the world. NBC, same three things. CBS, same three things. They're all saying the same three things. Why is that? Because they're shrinking your world to think this is all there is. This is all there is. There's... Millions upon billions and trillions of things to report. But we're all going to report the same thing. Why? Because we want to shrink you down. We want to shrink you in your thoughts. We want to turn you into the land of the munchkins. That's what we want to turn you into. Why? Because the smaller you are, the easier it is to control your life. And the smaller you are and the smaller your world is to you, the bigger of a deal things are to you. But when you have a big vision and you're seated all the way up here and you have this incredible perspective, then things are like, things that are overwhelming the munchkins are like little squeaks. They're like little squeaks. They're not things that are overwhelming your life. So the smaller people get in their thinking, the bigger a deal things are to them. God wants us to go through life light and easy. Where things are not a big deal. I sit in the heavenly places with a big God. (laughs) I got a big God in me. And you cannot allow yourself to shrink. And you can't allow the world that they're creating for you be your world. We don't fit in that world. I said we don't fit in that world. You can't, you can't get your foot in that shoe. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't fit. It's too small. It's too small of a box for you. You've got a worldwide heavenly perspective. One day I was sitting down, I was just thinking about Jesus. Actually, I was was reading my Bible, and I was over there at Mark 16 where he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I stopped. I thought about that. I took it personally like the Lord himself was talking right to me. And I just pitched him on the other side, on the other couch across from me. Looking at me saying, I said, point right at me. You, go into all the world. I had to sit there and meditate on that for a little while. See, because that's him talking to me. Go into all the world. Start lifting my vision higher. Go into all, affect the whole world. This is what he did to Abraham. He came to Abraham. He said, Abraham, come here. You see all the grains of sand on the beach out here or throughout this desert? Yep. If you were able to count all those grains of sand, you'd be able to count how many kids you're going to have. I'm making you a father of many nations. You are going to affect this whole world. You, Mr. Mr. Rancher, you're going to affect the whole world. The whole world. He said, at nighttime, he said, see all those stars up there? If you're able to count all those stars, you're going to be able to count all the people you're going to affect. All the lives you're going to touch. How many of you know he's still touching lives today? Well, is God still touching lives today? That's what he was connected to. He was connected to God's vision, God's plan. So he had a God-size effect and is having a God-size effect on the world, So when he says to you, go into all the world, you need to come out of the box fast. I said, you need to get out of the box fast. You need to lift your vision higher and start realizing God has big things for me. I mean, I came in here thinking about my water bill. And now you're saying the world... What in the world is a water bill? When you've got a worldwide vision. When, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you have a, a vision of eternity. When you have a, a vision for that goes beyond your life here on the earth. That goes beyond that and affects future generations. Yeah, that's what you're called to affect. In God's, God's way of affecting it in a positive way in a godly way in a holy ghost way affect the whole world see see if you have that kind of vision then little things are little things but when you don't have a big vision then those little things they become the big thing so people they all get they all get wrapped up in this little media world and then what happens is they get distraught they get distressed They get all emotional over what they're looking at. And then everybody's getting emotional over what they're looking at because everybody's looking at the same thing. And everybody's all falling apart and the the world, the whole world is collapsing. Not really. Just your world. Just your perspective. That's how it looks to you. We need to come up higher. We, we need to come up higher. I did a little uh, uh, looking up some statistics and I saw that there are over 1,000 people a day that are murdered. Think about that. There are over 1,000 people. 1,000 homicides. every. Day. That's crazy. A thousand people. I mean, think about a thousand people right now. A thousand homicides. It all happens every day. Every day. That's, uh, that's like over 41 people getting killed every hour. Every hour, someone's getting killed. Someone's being murdered. Murdered, brutally, horrible. Something horrible is happening. Think about that. It's a lot of people dying. A lot of people suffering. A lot of injustice. A lot of crimes. A lot of terrible things going on in the world. Nearly 150,000 people die each day. Each day, 150,000 people die. That's over 50 million each year. 50 million people die every year. Friend, I got news for you. Death is a fact of life. It's a part of being in the world. There's a lot going on. I said, there's a lot going on. One person didn't just die, and there isn't just one funeral going on. There's a lot of hurting people. Come out of the box, church. Don't be as blind as the world. Don't be a parrot repeating everything they're saying, and become emotional. With what they're trying to whip up your emotions over. Because there's a lot. If you want to cry. There's a lot to cry about. Millions of people died every year. Someone just died this. I mean but by the time I walked out the back. Got up here. Someone just got killed. We have a lot to cry about. We have a lot to get upset about. But 141 million people are born every year. 141 human beings come into this world every year. Friend, there's a lot going on. There's 7.7 billion. It's probably more than that now. This is an old, an old surveyor statistic. 7.7 billion total living human beings On the face of the earth right now. So people are living, people are being born, and people are dying all the time. So you could look out there and look at all these precious lives, and you can say, Black lives matter, blue lives matter, all lives matter. But you see, if you get God's perspective, you realize in the end the only thing that matters is eternal life. Eternal life is all that matters. If you don't have that, you are going to hell. Because people are dying all the time. And I wish I could pull up the statistics that tell us how many people go to hell every hour. You want to talk about something worth crying about. You want to talk about something worth bemoaning. We're talking about people going to hell every hour. Every hour. Somebody is going into a place they will never get out of. They will be trapped for eternity in torment. In a place called hell. Friend, that is where the Christian's main concern needs to be. We need to have an eternal perspective. This life is a vapor. And the truth of the matter is, there are a lot of people that die. And it is heartbreaking for the family and friends of that individual. And you feel for them. Jesus did at Lazarus' funeral. He wept when he saw everybody so broken and distraught over the death of Lazarus. He wasn't weeping over Lazarus. He was weeping over them and the sorrow and the pain that they were going through from their loss. But for all we know, this person that died here, this person that died there, young, tragic, murdered, however they died, you look and say, it's tragic, it's terrible, but God's perspective. Perhaps if they lived their life out to the full, they would have lived it in such a way that would have landed them a place in hell for eternity. Does anybody think like this? I think like this every time I hear about somebody dying. Every time. A young lady. I, go, I drive by where they, they've set up all memorial things there where she got killed, you know. Beautiful young girl. Like they got pictures of her and everything. And and I and I've wept. I've wept. I've wept for the family. Just just think. See some of the things they wrote and stuff. It's 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 overwhelming. You just hurt for them, you know. But when I think about the girl, I don't know. She was probably. I think she was fourteen years old. Good chance she's in heaven. You know, not really have lived to the place of perhaps having a full understanding of sin and things, not fully accountable. For her life and good chance she's in heaven. But perhaps if she had the blessing of living a long life. And lived a life of sin. Perhaps she'd spend eternity in hell. Now let me ask you a question. If you knew everything about this girl and you knew. She dies now. She spends eternity in heaven. Eternity in perfection. She lives, give her a long life on the earth, but she'll be in hell for eternity. What would you pick? What would you pick? Early death or long life on earth? Early death. See, we don't know the whole picture. You understand what I'm saying? We do know there's a whole lot more. To what we see in the natural. When a person dies physically. It isn't over. It's not over. They're all going somewhere. Oh but they died such a terrible death. It don't matter if they're in hell. It's a hundred thousand times worse. If they're in heaven. They can care less about how they died. Because they're in the perfection of God. They got pleasures forevermore. Gripping them. They got warm, fuzzy feelings all over them right now. So it really don't matter how they died. They go, oh, how they must have died. It must have been terrible. Is that really the focus? It's not our focus. I said, it's not our focus. We've got a heavenly focus. I said, we got a heavenly. We see things that other people don't see. We understand things that other people don't understand. And so we live our lives completely different. We're not caught up in what everybody else is caught up in. We're living far above it. And that makes it very easy for us to be able to direct these people out of their problem. Because we see the thousands of exits that God has for them. They can't see a single exit. They're trapped in their little... They're trapped in their... They can't see what's going on. We're like, calm down. If you just move here to the left... You can walk right out of that thing. It's beautiful sunshine right out here. Come out here. Okay, you don't like that one. That's fine here. Come, 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 Okay, right in front. You're walking right towards it, right towards Okay, okay. We, we see it. We're not in there with them. Isn't this horrible? Isn't this terrible? Okay. Oh, what's going to happen next? Wow. People being robbed of life, of really living Amen. Some folks, they step outside, they don't even see the blue sky. Don't even see the blue sky, man. They just see the blues. That's all they see, man. They just see things that are making them blue. They can't even see the heavens, man. They can't even see the big picture. But thank God, God is lifting our vision up higher. And the devil, we understand, is a liar. And he's going to keep trying to distract people from the big picture. It's his job, the devil, to keep you living like a munchkin so that you're under his feet rather than you living way up here and he's under your feet. Think about it. The devil is such a big dude, he's under my feet. In fact, if I don't even lift my foot, you won't even know he's there. He's such a big dude. He's under your feet. Take your seat in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Have God's perspective on what's going on. Understand what's going on. Have his discernment. Understand the intentions of people's hearts, right? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And you and I are full of that word. We're not just reacting to the flesh. Bless God. We see things with the eyes of faith. We we can discern motives. We understand what's going on here. We understand the plots and plans of the devil. They're easy to understand. The Bible says the works of the flesh, which come from the devil, are evident. They're obvious. What the devil's doing is obvious. If you're seated up here, that's why he can't trick it, Because it's so obvious to you. There's too many Christians, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue of what's going on. They're just as carnally minded, as fleshly minded, as caught up in the world as the world. They're not taking their place. They're not seated in that heavenly seat. And as a result of that, they're not very useful. To the kingdom of God. We need to rise up. Rise up and take our place. Take our seat, glory be to God. Stop watching the news and start becoming the news. The good news. We don't just report it. We are it. We live it. This is who we are. We're living epistles. Living news. Living news behind the news. That's what you and I are. 24-7. I caught up in this nonsense. The wisdom of men. The foolishness of men. Foolishness. Ignorance of people that are blind. Blind. They can't see. Bless their darling hearts. But you and I can. I said you and I should. We should be seeing. We should be seeing. And we should be discerning. We should be understanding. What in the world is going on? And we know exactly what's going on, don't we? God's been talking to us every week about what's going on. He said, now you see what the devil's doing? Moving out here and starting all this stuff? It's because he's having a panic attack. He's having a panic attack right now. He's beside himself. See, I've always said strife is the result of people having a panic attack. Anybody me say it before? It's people having panic. So that's true between two people. If two people are having a fuss fight, You know, they're fussing with each other and everything else. (laughs) Yeah, they're in strife. They're they're, both from inner fear. They're having a panic attack. That's why they're in fear and they're having a panic attack. That's why there's strife between them. But you could do that on a large scale also. When you see the world, the world, please, it's far from the world. When you see groups of people, I don't want to say large groups of people because we're talking about billions of people. You understand? I'm saying we've got billions of people. There's a group of people, there's some groups of people. Tiny, tiny, small people. And uh, they're all in a ruckus. You know, they're all in a... They're just having themselves a fit, you know. Well, what is that? It's a panic attack. It's a panic attack. Now, you can zoom in on the panic attack, and then what'll happen, their panic attack will become your panic attack. And you can be a partaker of their panic attack, and you can live down here with the mice. I'm just talking about perspective. You can come down here and live with all the little munchkins, living in this little world down here, that are being overwhelmed. overwhelmed, 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 overwhelmed. But what's going on around them? Or you could be up here, far above it, and be the answer. Be connected to the answer, which is the Lord. So the devil's in a panic. I wish people could see this. He's so afraid. Because he knows what's coming. We are. <laughs> we're coming. Somebody sitting there going, that don't seem like a big deal to me. Well, you better open your eyes. <laughs> you better lift your vision higher because if you don't, we're going to go right past you. And you'll be one of the ones on the outside offended at the church. You'll be the ones that just, you'll just be like the rest of the world. You'll just miss the whole thing. Even worse, because a lot of people in the world are gonna see the light and go, huh? they're gonna come run into the brightness of our rising. I just believe the Bible, Isaiah 60. I mean Isaiah saw this. They're gonna come run into the brightness of your rising. That's what he said. So he says, when it gets really dark, get ready for the light. When he get when it gets when it gets see, see, and I talked about it last week. I talked about the devil always tries to get out ahead of God. Because you remember there over in 1 Corinthians, uh, what is it, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46, it says, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. Now, somebody, somebody asked me a question about this, and, and I'm sure there's more people that have this question, so I want to answer the question for you, just like I answered it for them. They thought, Well, doesn't everything start? In the, in the spirit. You know, everything comes out of the spirit, right? Everything comes out of the unseen before it comes into the seen. You know, the natural things that we experience in life are the result of spiritual things that take place. And that's true. That's very true. But here, he says, what? He says, first the natural, then the spiritual. Because what we have to understand is not everything that is spirit is spiritual, Not everything that's of the spirit is spiritual. How many people know the devil is not spiritual? But he's a spirit. He's in the spirit realm. Not everything that comes out of the spirit realm is spiritual. The devil is carnal. He's fleshy. What do you mean? He's mindful of the things of men. He's mindful of earthly things. He's not mindful of the things of God. So he's got his mind on carnal, fleshy, natural things. He is unspiritual. He is natural. You and I are spiritual. God is spiritual. The Holy Spirit is spiritual. So natural things always come forth first because there's no depth to it. It springs up immediately Because there's no depth to it. So when the devil does something in the earth, it springs up immediately. You see things happen right away. And it's negative things, bad things, evil things. And it comes quick. Why? Because there's no roots. It has no depth. But spiritual things take time. For God to bring something forth in the earth, he has to work inside your spirit. He's got to develop your character. He's got to develop your integrity. He's got to develop your faith. He's got to grow things up on the inside for what he wants to come forth to come forth. So it takes longer. So the devil's able to bring stuff forth quicker. He's carnal. He's natural. So the natural things always come forth. So when the devil knows what God's up to, and you know how a lot of times I think he finds out what God's up to? he listens to our preaching. He gets a lot of my messages. I think that's what does it. But that's okay, because we're here to make known to the principalities and power, the wisdom of God, and what he's accomplishing. Amen. We're here to make it known. They still can't figure it out, even when you tell it right to their face anyway. You can, you can look right at the devil. You can look right right at the devil and tell him, no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to crucify me, but I'm going to rise from the dead, and I'm going to stomp on your head. He can't figure it out. He's going to end up crucified. And even you just told him it's going to end up backfiring on you and get stomped on the head. So do you understand that? So the devil, he'll bring forth carnal natural things. And he'll do that to try to get ahead of what God's doing. So he's having a panic attack. I mean, Don't you see that with Moses? God's bringing Moses into the earth. Somebody's in faith. First of all, someone's in faith. Moses' parents. They're in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. These people had faith. So they had faith concerning Moses. The devil saw what was coming, and what did he do? He tried to kill all the babies, tried to prevent babies from being born, right? They were killing babies as they were coming. If it was a male baby, kill the baby. Kill the baby. Why kill the baby? Because of what's coming. There's someone in the midst. I don't know who it is. Same thing happened with Jesus. Jesus is coming into the world. Right before he comes into the world, what happens? He stirs up Herod. And they go out. And they start slaughtering babies. Little children from two and under. To what? To try to stop what is coming. He was in a panic. Herod. He was in a panic. And all the demons with him. They were in a panic. They are in a panic. You don't have to believe it. I mean, you could just think I'm just saying something that's exciting. But it's the truth. He's in a panic. That's God's perspective. He has shown me some things. And it all agrees with the Bible. Man, we need to get ready. We're about to come into our finest hour. I said we're about ready to come into our finest hour. My wife came across this and posted it on her Facebook page. Uh, it is concerning someone from an eyewitness of the Welsh revival back in 1904. And this is what they said. How many people read it on her? A lot of you read it. Good, 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 good. For those that didn't and for those that did, I read it. It is ever the darkest hour before the dawn. The nation always seems to be given over to the evil one before the coming of the Son of Man. The decay of religious faith, the deadness of the churches, the atheism of the well-to-do, the brutality of the masses, all these, when at their worst, herald the approach of the revival. Things seem to get too bad to last. The reign of evil becomes intolerable. Then the souls of the nation. Awakes. Then the soul of the nation awakes. I think we're about ready. For, if that's true, we're about ready for a great awakening. Don't you think? I mean, we can, why is it so much easier to believe the negative than it is to believe the positive? You can talk about all the negative things that are happening and what's coming. And people just, I mean, they'll take hold of it and say, yes, it ain't bad. Then you tell them what's coming right behind that God's been producing. What God's been cooking. God's been cooking. Life of Faith Bible Church. Man, oh man, God's got, has had some stuff simmering for 20, almost 26 years. 26 years. Do you understand what I'm saying? 26 years. Bless God. God's been working. And you can imagine something simmering twenty-six years. Oh my goodness. It's Yeah, uh, it's gonna be incredible. People are going to taste and see. See, see, see when they taste, they see. When they taste, they see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. So you might as well get in the pot roast. There we go again with the pot roast. You might as well get in on it. be one of the ingredients. little pinch of David. Come on, little Collins here. Put it in the colander. That's the colander, the Collins. Right? little sweetness of billing, Come on. Every little bit matters. When I make my pumpkin pie, you know, I put a good amount of cinnamon in it. And I put a good amount of this in it, a good amount of that. And then you get to the nutmeg. It's just like this little pinch. It's like, is it really even worth it? A pinch of nutmeg. But you know what? It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. You should come over and try it sometime. Try a slice, man. Every bit matters. But if you're rotting over there in the cabinet full of the world and we go in there and it says expired, we're going to throw you in the trash. That don't sound very nice. Well, you might end up in the incinerator. You better watch yourself. Keep yourself fresh. Keep yourself sealed from the world. Come on, somebody. Keep yourself sealed. Don't allow the putridness of this world to get inside you and corrupt you and destroy this new creation that you are. You're not some rotting thing. The world's rotting. The world's passing away. But those who have set their minds on him, ah, their strength is renewed day by day. They're getting fresh every morning. They got fresh mercies every morning. It's new every day. Glory be to God. The expiration date just keeps getting moved. Fresh. Renewed. Ah, full of life. Full of joy. How could you have joy when all this is going on? Because of all this that's going on. If you can't see. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it. The world can't take it away. Over in John chapter 4. The disciples went out to get some food. They came back. They had schnicker bars and all kinds of stuff. They come to Jesus. He hasn't eaten a thing. They said, Lord, you need to eat. He said, I have food of which you know not. Huh? They start looking around and said, who brought food? Did you bring food? Did you bring food? My food is due the will of him who sent me. Huh? I don't quite understand that. My food is to do a will of him that sends me. Is that what he said? I have food of which you know not. You don't know nothing about this food, man. You talk about angel food cake. <laughs> My favorite is devil dogs, man. You just step on the devil. Not the, not the sugary thing. I wouldn't touch that. Devil. devil do- well, they got the devil dogs. It's that thing of the past. But this generation probably doesn't know about devil dogs, do they? Was that little chocolate thing you know you know not I'm talking man well thank God people <laughs> raised in the 40s thank God they, they know exactly what I'm talking about somebody knows what I'm talking about <laughs> make an egghead out of that devil amen have some deviled eggs glory to God amen it's oh' it's, it's, it's God's been baking man God's been cooking And he goes, ooh, too much of that. Throws that one out. And he goes, pastor, why did they leave the church? Because it was too much of that. Anyway. Thank God. Something to meditate on. Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, he was telling about terrible things happening. Men's hearts failing for fear. Of what they were expecting to happen next. They were terrified. People started going to bed. Sleeping with their shotguns. People are worried. Get extra locks on the door. Put up some security around the house. Doing all these things. Man's heart's failing them. Because of the fear of what's coming. What they're expecting to happen. He said when you see all these things. Begin to happen Look up, look up, and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. He's telling us right here in the Word. Lift your head up. What are you doing? looking down and all worried with a frown. Distraught? Are you kidding me? Jesus said when you see these things happen, don't get distraught. Don't get fearful. Don't get depressed. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. That's why people get depressed. They get anxious. They're worried. Anxiety causes the depression. People get anxious, then they get depressed. They got their heads down. He said, lift up. That's the time you lift up your head. That's the time you lift up your head. Because your redemption, your deliverance from every evil thing, the healings, your righteousness is about to spring forth. Like the, like the, like the morning sun rising up over the horizon. Come on, somebody. I mean, you're about to experience your redemption. You're about to experience the glory of God. Hallelujah. Don't worry about what you see out in the front here, because the first shall be last, and the last shall be, shall be first. Shall be first. You don't mind me preaching a little bit, do I want to. I hope it's okay. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to get too excited, you know. Try to stir the pot. Because if you don't, things start to stick. Some of you look like you're sticking. And then things start to smell burnt. You ruin the pot and everything, you know what I'm saying? Nothing worse than a pot that's burning at the bottom. You know, everything looks good on top. And it's getting, it's getting burnt on the bottom. And that flavor, that just go, that flavor goes through the whole thing. So I can't let that happen. That wouldn't be a good chef. I've gotta preach. I can't I can't just talk like Doctor Who. Who. I, I sometimes I gotta get I gotta get radical i I gotta get up in your face I gotta get happy I gotta get preaching, see, cause I gotta get stirring the gift up that's on the inside of you so that you don't sit there and burn and have to be scraped out of the pot. Pastor, if you would just talk to us and not get so stirred up. I think a lot more people would come to this church. I don't want a lot more people coming to this church. You don't seem to understand that. I want specific People to come to this church. I want people that hear with the heart, the ears of faith. I want people that respond to the word of God. And when the spirit gets to moving, those are the people we want to come. That's what Jesus said over in John 6. He said, all that the Father gives to me, they come. And he said it on a day where a whole lot of folks left. He wasn't concerned about it. We want it right. Don't we? We want it right. Man, this thing's starting to smell good. Whew, the aroma of Christ. Man, Jesus. God's starting to smell good in the house. Oh, that's some fresh baked bread. Somebody say, it's time. It's time. It's time time for what? It's time to get ready. It's time to get yourselves ready. When you see these things, you snap to attention and you get yourself ready and you help get God's house ready. We're here to get God's house ready. We got to get God's house ready. Go to Haggai. Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, this people says, God hears what we say. Now he's saying what they say. These, these people, this is what they say. The time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. That's not the time for that. It's time for these other things. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And so, it's not time for God's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Hagin. Haggai, the prophet, say. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that is in ruins. While every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew. And the earth withhold its fruit. Notice the Lord. He's telling his people. He said, you need to put my house first. You need to get my house built. You need to get my house built. A lot of these folks here, back in Haggai's day, they were all complacent and they'd all caught up in the affairs of this life and they were missing it. They were missing God's plan for the life. They weren't functioning in His plan for the life. So, as a result of that, all the things that they had, the natural things they had, started diminishing. It started diminishing. It was like they had a, a bag with holes in it, all their wages, just everything. They started losing everything. Uh, the bad deals started happening. And, and next thing you know, one thing leads to another. Things are getting blown away, and things are, things are just diminishing. Well, you remember Jesus said over in Matthew chapter 6? He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then what's going to happen? All these things will be added to you. So what happens if you get the thing backwards? And you put first all these things and not the kingdom of God. What's going to happen? All these things are going to diminish. All these things are going to diminish. We see that principle right here. It actually happened to these people. It was diminishing. It was diminishing. Why? Because they weren't concerned about God's plan. How many people know your prospering means nothing to God if his plan means nothing to you? God could care less that you prosper if your prosperity is just for yourself. No, He wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing, so that He can establish His covenant in the earth, so that He can accomplish what He wants to accomplish in the world world vision. Everybody say world vision. World vision. Friend, i got news for you. You're part of something that is worldwide, international, huge. Don't go by sight. That's what you're a part of. That's what God's house is meant to be. I said that's what God's house is meant to be. It's to be a place that affects the nations. Just like Abraham. He couldn't see how all was going to happen. But now he's got a front row seat in heaven, and he's seen it all happen. He's seen it all happen. When we get God's house built, it affects things. It changes things. It changes things in this world. It changes things for us. When we get into his plan, then God wants to fund his house and his work through you. He wants to get his gospel out through you. Are you with me? Somebody say, God wants his house built. And notice here verse 11 again. It says, for I called for a drought on the land. Think about that. I called for a drought on the land. So that's the weather. And then the land, he's talking about the economy. Think about it. These people not getting God's house built affected the weather. It affected the nation's economy. That's how big of a deal it is to God. God wants America blessed. But if America is just going to be blessed to get fat and full of itself. Then God has no interest in blessing America anymore. America has to care about what God cares about. I said America has to care about what God cares about. And want to get in God's plan. And when we get in God's plan and we declare we are one nation under God. We're submitting to God. This nation is submitted to him. That's when the nation is blessed big time. But the more it gets out from under God, gets away from God, spits in God's face, curses God. Then the blessing is withheld and curses move in. But you and I are here. And we care about the plan of God. And we declare this is one nation under God. We're submitted to God for God's purposes. And our purposes go beyond our little household. Our purposes go to God's house. Which will affect the White House. Right? Which will affect all the houses of government. Which will affect all the nations of the world. Come on, somebody. We're going to affect the whole world by our little this and our little that. By our obedience to him. So we're going to build him a house. We've already started. It ain't done yet. From God's perspective, Life, Faith, Bible, Church, its facilities are in ruins. I mean, we keep it clean. We keep it nice. We stay up on top of things, right? But in God's perspective, it's in ruins. Why? Because it's not where it needs to be. There's another phase, there's another building that was supposed to be built, and it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And if we don't get busy, it might affect the weather. It might affect our nation's economy, right? It might cause hurricanes, it might cause tornadoes, it might cause devastation, it might cause all kinds of problems. Because what we are doing is not a small task, it is huge, it is eternal. It is God's plan to affect not just this generation, but future generations. Somebody say, we're a part of something big. We're a part of something big. This is a big deal. This isn't like a little place we come to and we hear a nice little word and we're encouraged. It's encouraged. I go to church because it encourages me. And the pastor, sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he's a little too much. But sometimes he's funny. He's funny. And as long as he stays funny, I'll keep coming. If he gets a little bit too much more, I might not come anymore. Because it's all about my comfort and being happy and being helped. It's all about helping me and my world. My world. I need some people to jump in the blender with me this morning. (laughs) Come on, this thing's about to get sped up. You get offended, you get spit out when it's spit up, you know. But we'll put the lid on and we'll try to keep you in there as much as we can. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Come on, church. We're a part of the kingdom of God that is taking over this nation. It's taking America back, and it's taking it by force. And the work of God will prevail. And the church will overcome, and the gates of hell will not prevail demons and devils are under our feet. We're going to serve God. We're going to build the house of God. We're going to accomplish his work. And it's going to change the weather. It's going to change the economy. It's going to change this world. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Let's thank him. Glory to God. That concludes this message.